It's been over a year now since In The Key Of Q launched. In our archive, you can find over 50 interviews of queer musicians from around the world and hear their music from rap Unaware of my proclivities to self-sabotage to country soul and rock. These episodes are available on the main feed. You can access them via the website at inthekeyofq.com or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. This is Dan here. Thank you for downloading this episode. Many thanks to our listeners who are financially supporting the podcast over at patreon.com slash in the key of Q. You are genuinely helping to keep the series in production and more importantly, to give a space for queer voices to be heard. Share your thoughts about today's episode, the pods on social media at In The Key Of Q, or email me direct on podcast at inthekeyofq.com. And if you've a moment, please rate and review the show on your podcast provider. I loved today's conversation with my guest in which we talked about a subject that's certainly close to my heart, body positivity. We're both inspired by queer musician Tom Goss, who himself will guest on this show in the coming weeks. All that's left to say is enjoy the episode. You got to give your body positive. You can know someone's beautiful and treat them as a human being without being sexually attracted to them. But in the gay community, we have a hierarchy that's based on just sexual attraction. Hello, I'm Dan Hall. When I grew up, I never heard pop songs where men sang about other men, and it made me feel invisible. But these days, there are plenty of songs where men sing about other men, and we can find them in every style imaginable. This podcast is all about finding and sharing this music and speaking with the musicians who created it. Music helps us feel connected, feel heard, and know that we are not alone on our queer journey. You're listening to In The Key Of Q. This week's guest has a classic pop vibe with splashes of Pet Shop Boys and some excellent messages. In 2020, he released two singles, It's Not Me, It's You, and Body Positive, and he's been just as busy in 2021 with the release of his first album, Daydream. A big, big welcome to JR Price. JR, hello. Hello, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. We're done, we're done, now I can find Well, um, my name is J.R. Price. I am a man of a certain size and I'm an independent artist living in America. I currently reside in New York City, where I have been living for over four years now. And I have worked with a bunch of independent queer artists here and we just keep making queer music. So this is the perfect podcast. And to the listeners, I discovered J.R. because he duetted with one of my favorite queer artists, Tom Goss. Oh my gosh, he's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's a superstar. He's so impressive. He's so inspiring. He's so nice too and giving. Like without Tom, I mean, things weren't really clicking in my music until I decided to work with Tom. And the second I did, he was on board from the get-go doing everything he could to help me. Like he's pushing my stuff. He helped me get a publicist. Like he's doing all the things. It's networking genius. Like Tom is amazing and he's a really stand-up guy. Like working with him is probably one of the best decisions I've ever made for sure. My music is kind of, you know, um, really personal. Um, I look at it as a diary that I have written for the world to peruse. 
I um, have topics that range from body image issues, which I have a lot of. And then I have mental issues in there. I have my issues with my career, issues with my family, issues with my love life. Basically, every song deals with some sort of obstacle. But I try to remain hopeful and positive. And I put like a pop ear candy vibe on top of it. Because I think that even in the darkest tunnels, you can always see the light. So I really wanted to capture that in my music. Like, yeah, things are terrible right now, but they can always get better. And I just wanted that message to be heard, especially by people like me, you know, like being a large gay man from the Southern states in America is a very dangerous place. And um, not to say that other people don't have more dangerous situations going on, but this is my experience and what I went through. And it was terrifying. And I wanted to show people like me that there are others out there. So mainly my music is just to show people that they're not alone. It's something that people can relate to. Um, it is independent. It's very niche. You know, I don't have the highest budget. I'm not shooting like the crazy music videos. But I do think that I help people. You know, I've gotten feedback from people all over the world who, you know, are suddenly wearing swimsuits at the pool, you know, who are, you know, showing off their camp looks and like making videos and not afraid to wear those jeans that they've been afraid to wear. And, you know, I'm really inspiring people, even though I'm not huge and, you know, everybody doesn't know my name. It's not about that. For me, my music is about connecting to the people who need it most. And that's what I want to do with this podcast, to help people feel connected to art so they don't feel alone. And I think music has the power to do that. It does. And that's what we're doing here. Exactly. That's what your podcast is doing. That's what my music is doing. That's what Tom's doing. You know, we're just here for each other. When you live in the South, it's a very um, conservative mindset. So everything is anti-gay, anti-love. It's very much about like money and it's about like society and church and religion and there isn't really a separation of church and state in America even though we say we have one so whenever you are not somebody who is 100% a cookie cutter person meaning that you're going to church every Sunday you're super religious you're married to a woman with two kids like Unless if you're that stereotypical straight cis white male in America, um, you're in constant danger. People will attack you. People will verbally assault you. People will hurt you just because you're different. And there are some places that are better than others. Like currently, I live in New York City where everybody's different. So I do feel more at home here because you know, it's more normal to be who you are and not conform. But in the South, I was very much different than everybody. I was always a unicorn. I was always special. And, you know, it really hurts. Like I would walk home from school and people would throw fireworks at me and scream flamer. So like they would think it's funny because they're screaming flamer as a firework is being thrown at my face. Like I was very much the kid who would be thrown into dumpsters and, you know, it was really hard. And then I would go home and like my family life was also extremely terrible. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, which caused a lot of resentments in my family. And, you know, my mother um, is extremely bipolar um, and was abusive. My dad was a workaholic who was never home. 
my sister, my oldest sister is very religious and judgmental like the other people I mentioned from America. And then my other sister became a drug addict and started stealing from everybody. And it was just a very hard childhood. But in the end, I think that all of those obstacles just really made me realize like what I'm capable of and made me realize like I didn't need those people. I think if I was born straight, honestly, I would end up just like them and I would still be in some small town doing nothing. But because I'm gay, I actually had the courage to grow and leave that behind, chase my own rainbow and start chasing my own dreams. But those feel like impossible pressures for an adult. But for a kid, they must have been really, really difficult. Honestly, all I've had is Britney and pop music. And that's it. And honestly, I don't think I would take anything back because all of those struggles made me who I am. I would be completely different if even one of those things were different. You know, I think that obstacles make us who we are because it shows us what we're capable of. I think sometimes the battles we face as queer people, for all the struggle that that can be, does in fact fire our identity and, in a way for me, certainly a strong sense of self-worth. Well, no, absolutely. And I think that most gay men relate to that. I mean, look at like all of the fierce queens that have changed the world. I mean, like if RuPaul was straight, like the entire universe would be different. Like, you know, like if Elton John was straight, if you know, like, it's just like, you got to think about like the things that people are capable of, but it's because of what makes us different. It's not what makes us the same that changes the world. What was it like for you growing up in a strongly religious environment? I think that you do need to respect religion because at the end of the day, those are just people trying to find what makes them feel better about life. You know, like, yeah, but respecting religion is so often at our expense. I agree. I mean, there are definitely a lot of hate speeches and I have experienced them firsthand, you know, from my own family members, but you know, they're just confused. I think that like people don't really know what's going on. They're trying to find answers. They found a book that talks about a lot of stuff and they follow it full heartedly. And that book has a lot of contradictory comments. And I don't think that a lot of people know exactly what they're reading and they take things out of context, but I mean, let them live, let them have their journey. You know, like, I think it's hard, but like, you do have to extend a hand of compassion. It goes back to the golden rule. You know, you want to treat others how you want to be treated and they're never going to respect you if you're constantly attacking them. Like, that's not how you win a war, right? Like, that's not how you get a peace treaty by causing more bombs. You have to extend a hand of compassion a hug. When I was a teenager, I was extremely emotional. You know, like I I grew up in this crazy family. Of course, I'm one of them. Right. You know, like I was so, and I'm an artist. So I was like crying every day, throwing tantrums because like nobody was listening to me. And 
I felt so disrespected. People were hurting me everywhere I went. You know, I lashed out a lot. Like I was going through a lot of things, but I think in therapy and working with professionals, you know, I think that it helped me realize where people are coming from and that everything really isn't just about me as much as I want it to be. I think humans are very selfish in their nature. So we don't really consider what other people are going through. But I think that anybody who is going through any serious emotional or mental concerns really needs to talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. You know, the resources are out there to help you. And I think that people should definitely look for them. Mental awareness is very important, especially in today where everything is so chaotic. My family cut me out, right? Like recently, like we had been fighting for my whole life, but recently they decided to completely cut ties with me. They completely cut me out of their lives 100%. And if I didn't have therapy to like help me go through that, like I'm, that's really detrimental. You know, you need somebody who can help you. And it's not shameful to ask for help. What's important to me isn't possible without a clear mind. You know, I can't be writing songs and giving people advice and, you know, inspiring other people if I don't understand basic human emotion. So I needed therapy just from a career standpoint, because I needed to understand emotions and what was going on with me. And why did I feel this way? You know, when you're writing a song, you have to dive into the very depth of your soul. So when you're unleashing those emotions, you need to be able to know how to handle them. So for me, it was just very much of like tied into like my dreams. But I do know friends who go to therapy because you know, they're, they're scared. They have obstacles they can't get through alone. And the thing that makes them go to therapy and reach out for help is because without that therapist and without that help, there isn't another day. There isn't going to be another opportunity to ask for help. Sometimes you're just at the bottom of your barrel, you know, and the only thing that's going to get you out is a hand to pull you out. identity to me means living in a world of color when the rest of the world is in black and white. You see everything more vividly. You experience everything more exhilaratingly. But at the end of the day, when you look at reality, things are much more harsh than you see them. And it becomes more heartbreaking that other people can't see the world as beautiful as you do. I do not feel like I always felt like the world was a vivid, beautiful, exhilarating place. But in looking at what life could have been and looking at how hard it could have been, 
I think that I have realized how lucky I truly am, even me. And I don't have anything, you know, like I'm still poor. Like, even though I'm an artist, I'm on this podcast, I'm in magazines, like I don't have anything, but my life is so enriched by the love around me. And I think it took years and years and years for me to see that because I did feel so unloved for so long. But I think everybody has people. If you just look around you, you know, there's somebody that cares about you. We both spoke earlier about how important Tom Goss's song Bears was for both of us. For sure. Yes. And, you know, hearing that people might go, oh, how can a three and a half minute pop song empower you? But it did for, for you and I. Yeah. So as an artist yourself, how does it feel knowing that you have that effect on other people? I mean, I don't even think it's fully processed, right? Like the fact that like Tom Goss, who is one of my heroes and has inspired me, has worked with me and it, it just hasn't even processed that my music is doing the same thing. You know, like I do get people reaching out to me and telling me, but like, you know, like I'm still me, you know, nothing has changed, you know? So it's hard for me to look at myself as a role model, especially since I've made so many mistakes. And so for my music to like be helping people, for me to be helping people, it's just kind of a ludicrous idea that I haven't really settled into yet, but I think it's really cool and it's really awesome. And it's a daydream that I hope to aspire to. But you do at least believe it, don't you? Even if you're not used to it. I mean, I definitely believe it because I have received like confirmation from people for sure. Like I've definitely seen you know, grown men cry after I perform and tell me that like this song should have came out 30 years ago when they were young and that they would have like changed their entire life. You know, like Body Positive, while it's also a, you know, three and a half minute pop song like Bears, you know, it's talking about how all bodies are beautiful, how we all have something to express and whatever it is, love yourself, you know, and tell the haters to, you know, go away. Like they're not important to you. Like, and I don't think people know that it's okay to tell haters to back off and to love yourself. Like people don't know that they're beautiful and it just perplexes me. What's really hard about being a gay person is when you, we all have these terrible home lives, you know, like not all, but majority of gay people have a terrible home life. And you expect when you go through the process of coming out to your family and telling your friends and dealing with all of this new judgment and hatred from people that there's going to be this community welcoming you with open arms. But if you don't look like, you know, a six pack model on fashion week, in Paris, like if you don't look like that, then you are cast out from your own community. There are people who won't talk to you because of your waist size. And it can be like even minuscule, like people who are like a size 34, which is an average male in America, right? If you're a size 34, you walk into a gay bar, people call you fat. So when you're me and at my biggest, I was a five extra large in US size, um, and I would go into a gay bar and people would, you know, laugh at me or judge me or make me feel not sexy. And, you know, I'm gorgeous, you know, like, so I always ignored them and wore what I wanted to and danced what I, you know, wanted to dance to. And I would always get hit on. So I didn't understand where these 
like issues would come from other than people just straight up telling you that you're ugly. Right. Cause I was like, you know, if people just believed in themselves, like they can get any guy they want to in this bar because I do it, but you still have those voices that are like, people are making fun of you or, you know, you, you always hear those voices in your head telling you you're not good enough. Um, but in our community, it just boggles my mind because I would feel that we would be accepting of everybody and tell everybody they're beautiful. And it has nothing to do with sexual attraction. Like you can know someone's beautiful and treat them as a human being without being sexually attracted to them. But in the gay community, we have a hierarchy that's based on just sexual attraction. So if you're not sexually attracted to somebody, you treat them like they don't matter. And that's just not okay. And I wanted a message that would really combat that. Like I wanted a message that would say, we are all sexy. I may not be sexy to you, but I'm definitely sexy and I can get it just as much as you get it. I promise. There's a fantastic expression in the book, The Velvet Rage by Alan Downs. And and actually, I think I cited it in the interview with Tom Goss as well. But there's a bit where he says that we as a queer community need to be kinder to each other. And the quote is, don't just walk into a room and only speak to the people you want to fuck. Yeah. Like, what is that? And often, like, and a lot of people hide behind the fact they're like, it's about health. Like, we just want you to be healthy. Well, oh, you know, oh that's bollocks when people say we that. Don't scare people into health. Like, you, you, don't, you don't treat them like terrible until they decide to like, eat healthy like that's not how it works like you you lead with kindness and i don't think gay people get that and honestly that's just a reflection of like what gay society is right like gay people are constantly be given these heroes that are just sassy and we put air quotes on sassy because it's a bunch of men who are just being straight up mean to people and that's who we have in the media representing us you know like if you watch rupaul which i love everything that rupaul has done for society in general but if you watch the show all of those girls they're just making fun of each other and downgrading each other and that's just reflecting in society and it's not good for any of us today i'm feeling like i'm not good I'm seeing somebody who isn't tough From the way I scream out loud To the way I break down What do you think, though, about the argument that those people are using the safe space of, of queer culture and queer companionship to sharpen their claws, even if it's against each other? I mean, yeah, that's exactly what they're doing, but that's not healthy. That's not a good approach. That's not a good coping mechanism, like to lash out at other people. Like two wrongs don't make a right. Didn't we all learn that? Like, you know, like you have to be nice. You have to like love them through it. Like I, I despise the negative comments on mainstream media that gay people say. Because it's in every single gay character. They just say something that's really mean and heartbreaking to another character. And it's just unacceptable. Like, we should not be programmed to think that that's what gay people are. And we are by the media. The media controls everything. I totally agree with you. And just for the record, I don't agree with the argument that all we're doing is sharpening our claws. Being bitchy and being catty, that isn't wet. But it's so celebrated in our community. And I don't understand. I really, it boggles my mind. Why are we being mean to each other? 
start there, you know? If you can't be witty or funny without tearing someone down, then you're not funny. Like, you're not funny. Try again. Like, research more about what funny is. But I feel like a really bad gay man because I watched one episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh Uh-huh. And frankly, I just saw lots of gay men being horrible to each other. And I know that people say, oh, stick with it and see the journey and see the empowerment. But where? I mean, really, where? Just the show, the nature of the show is terrible. I agree. I watched like a few episodes and I was like, this is so horrendous. Like their behavior is insulting to me, I think. Do you think a lot of this stems from internalized self-hatred? You know, we think it's okay to rip other people apart because inside ourselves, we actually think that we deserve to be ripped apart. I mean, there is some of that, but also I think a lot of it is these gay men who have the mentality that we should be better than straight people, right? Like there's a lot of that going around where they think that any slight imperfection is going to give the straight people something to attack. So we have to be completely flawless. If we're going to be a drag queen, it has to be to the nines. It has to be for the gods. Like it can't just be like somebody expressing themselves. It has to be the most extreme ever because we have to be better than the straight people. And that brings us full circle because that's what the perfect gay bodies are all about. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? If I go, will I ever be ready? If I don't, will you start to forget me? Let me know. Are you a waste of time? Stop right there. Let me take in every second, just stop right there It's more than I expected when you stand and stare And look into my eyes My eyes Guys like you Don't like boys like me But I heard you telling all your friends a love story just began If I take your hand and I follow you We've spent most of 2020 and 2021 in COVID nightmares. So how on earth did you get the album Daydream made? Gosh, Daydream I've been working on for two years. I worked with all these different producers. I, you know, I was a part of an independent queer record company called Rad Records. And we got to like play our songs for industry professionals, like Grammy award winning people. So that was really cool to get feedback from other professionals who are working in the business, um, which cultivated a lot of like what I know production to be to this day. And I worked with um, Freddie Freeman, who is another Bear Liberty. He um, actually just released a new album called Golden Heart. And it's like an 80s dance track throwback album. So I'm like been obsessed with it. It's a really good elliptical album. But he produced half of the album, including the song with Tom Goss, Dance With Me. And he just, I would sing to him and he would just bring my music to life. I've been writing since I was six years old. So some of these songs I wrote when I was eight, you know, like if I was straight, um, which is on the album, it's my song about how, like, if I was straight, my family would love me. So (laughs) that song I wrote when I was nine years old, I was like a child. Wow. Goodness. JR, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, but like, I've been writing like since I was six, you know, like, and I wanted something from my childhood on there. And so I picked that song. 
because I felt like it resonated with all of my family issues. Um, and it's set up to like this whole like Britney vibe. Like it's very much a baby one more time album track, but uh, yeah, like I just wanted to dive into a real issue that I had in a fun way. If I was straight, maybe I could find some nice girl to date. Maybe she could be the icing on the cake. Cause boys don't know how to communicate. How did it feel having that conversation with yourself? You know, you as a grown man singing a song that was written by your child self. To be liberated finally and to hear it in full production with the voice that I went to school to study, you know, because when I wrote that, like I wasn't the singer I am today. I wasn't the artist I am today. So just even being able to sing it the way I wanted it in my head was just a full emotional moment of releasing all of those issues. And I think it's very therapeutic, which is why I'm a songwriter, right? Like it's all about breaking down what is wrong and looking for a way to fix it in the best way that I am capable of. And I think the best way that I am capable of dealing with the things my family put me through is to really accept me for me and realize that I couldn't have done anything different because all I was doing was being true to myself. And what do you think your 15-year-old self would think of your music now, of the man you are today? I think back then I was very much like, I'm never going to achieve anything. I'm never going to do anything important. And I think that while I don't have like money or financial success or, you know, really anything to show from all of my hard work, I do have a sense of artistry and appreciation for life that I think 15-year-old me would be very grateful for and surprised by. I don't think I ever thought that I would develop into the person I am today. Like, so loving. Like, it's just, it is amazing that I care so much about other people after being so hurt by so many. But I think that you have to. You have to love other people because that's all we have is the connection we make with other people. So JR, for those people falling in love with you, where can they find you? Oh my gosh, they can find me everywhere. Um, all of the links are available at jrprice.org. You can find me on Instagram at Joshua Randall. That's R-A-N-D-A-L, one L. Or you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash jrpricepop or TikTok at jrpriceless. Now, before we wrap the episode, what queer artists are inspiring you right now? Gosh, well, I love I love queer music, right? Like I, I actually listen to queer music quite often. Um, of course, Freddie Freeman, my producer, I am endlessly grateful to him. His new album is amazing. It's my new elliptical um, journey, if you will. So I think that everybody should listen to Golden Heart for sure. 
Um, my other producer, Feathers Wise, um, I helped co-write a song called I Am Not Afraid for her that I think everybody should listen to because it's very much the message that we've been doing in this blog. Um, it's I'm not afraid to be myself. And for her, it's a trans journey. It's about being transgender and being a trans superhero. So I'm not afraid by Feathers Wise, um, Golden by Freddie Freeman. Of course, Tom Goss. I love his new um, Nerdy Bear remix with Daniel Franzesi from Mean. Oh, isn't it great? I just heard it the other day. I love it so much. I mean, I just love both of those humans so immensely. I feel like them doing anything together, but that song is hysterical. The references they make, it's so smart um, and fun. So yeah, listen to Nerdy Bear, the Markaholic remix. Um, I love John Duff. He's an artist I listen to a lot. He has a song called Girly that I'm really into. And in the video, he mimics all of the 90s pop divas, including Britney. So fully recommend watching some John Duff. I love the gay pimp Johnny McGovern. Um, I wish he would do some more stuff recently. Um, yeah, but I love like all of his stuff. Like that was my first exposure to queer music, right? Like soccer practice and uh, what was the, this is, some, this is a song for the fellas who like the fellas, the mother haters just be jealous. This song for the, that song, like, yeah, that song was hot. Um, yeah, I just, I love queer music. And then of course, you know, we all have to give props to little Nas for making us mainstream right now and doing the whole thing. He recently performed on Saturday Night Live and had a man lick his neck on, you know, national television in America. Um, that's a pretty big deal to have a gay man express gay sexuality on national television in America. So that was a big deal. So little Nas, of course, support gay artists, you know, just listen to them all. Like just go to those pages and click on the suggestions. All of those artists are great. All the people listening to this podcast are going, this guy, J.R. Price, is everything. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know where to start listening to his stuff. So then, J.R., where would you suggest people first come into your catalog? What is the gateway song that will get them really, really into your sound? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think that you have to start with the music video Body Positive because that's my main message. Um, so you have to go to YouTube. You have to look me up, Body Positive J.R. Price. And I think that you'll get the energy, you'll get the vibes. And I think that you'll also get that there's a deeper message in that pop song. So I think that that really does captivate the message of me. I'm so damn tired of everybody looking at me. I know I'm fire, but the haters need to leave. Positive. Body 
JR Price, thank you so much for coming in and joining me on In The Key of Q. It has genuinely been inspiring to chat with you and I hope for our listeners too. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I mean, honestly, just thank you for giving me the platform to reach out to people. I think that you made a very valid point. We need to just continue loving each other and supporting other queer artists. And I applaud you for this podcast and I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. Many thanks for listening to this episode with JR Price. And remember, there's exclusive content over at patreon.com slash in the key of Q. There you can support the show for as little as five US dollars a month. Tell me what you thought about today's episode with JR. The pod's on social media at in the key of Q or email me direct on podcast at in the key of Q.com. And rate and review the show on your podcast provider. It really helps. Our theme tune is by Paul Lee Nidu at unstoppablemonsters.com and our publicist is Paul Smith at paulwsmith at gmail.com. Many thanks to Kajan Kanther and Murray Lang for their support in making this episode. The show is presented and produced by me, Dan Hall, and made at Pup Media Consultancy. See you next Tuesday. Get body.